0: What are Ben Wyatt's parents' names? Answer at the end of the episode. I would like to go on record, speaking as a citizen of Pawnee. clothes, treat yourself, yourself. fragrance, treat yourself, massage it, treat yourself. What I said was, give me all the bacon and eggs you have. My mom's Puerto Rican. That's why I'm so lively and colorful says you could have network connectivity problems. Jogging is the worst, Chris. I mean, I know it keeps you healthy, but God, at what cost? Dr. Harris, you are literally the meanest person I've ever met. That's uh, Gary, Jerry, Larry, Gingrich, Gingrich. I love you and I like you. I love you and I like you. Hello, hello. Uh, welcome to Citizens of Pawnee a Parks and Recreation podcast where I discuss anything and everything... From character breakdowns to episode rewatches, as well as some other trivia and tidbits about the show. My name is Brian, and I will be your host. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. This is episode number 50, being recorded Wednesday, August 31st, 2022. And today I will be talking about some of the worst aspects of this series, as well as a breakdown of season three, episode 14, Road Trip. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email citizens of Pawnee at gmail.com. You can also follow and message the show on Instagram at citizens of Pawnee podcast, as well as my other page at Parks Rec Memes. New episodes drop periodically and can be found wherever you find your podcast now. Keep those notifications on and follow the Instagram pages for episode info. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. And just a reminder that this podcast will have full spoilers for the entire series. Welcome back. I guess, yeah, I guess welcome back. I mean, like, technically you guys should be saying it to me, but no one knows I'm doing this because uh, it's been just over two months since my last episode. I did put a, I threw a little uh, teaser out there on Instagram last week saying, hey, new episode coming soon. But even then I was like, "Uh, I don't know when I'm gonna do it but uh, my uh, my good buddy Alfred Melmac reached out and was like, hey, he was just kind of giving me some tips because i I kind of had writer's block and also I've just been super super busy with just work uh, a big schedule change I'm um, I used to work nights I work days now so when I get home from work I don't want to do anything it's uh literally I and I, you know I have two daughters and my wife and i it's like we both work during during the day now and we both just get home and it's just like like making the girls lunches you know making sure they have their clothes out and everything and um i yeah like i said i used to work nights now i'm working to where i i leave before the three of them are even awake so i can't really help in the morning so um babe if you're listening i know you're not but i appreciate everything you do but um Anyway, yeah, so just uh very busy with that and then also just working on my other podcast, uh the Horacopia podcast um, if you're interested. Um, but yeah, so let's um let's get into some filler. So I have <laughs> this has been happening for I don't know like I, I, whatever the the phone number I have, however long I've had it, I don't know, let's say like eight, nine years. There's a lot of zeros and ones in the number. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because I got a call uh, the other day. It's been a while since I got one. but So I'm like most people where, when I see on my uh, phone screen uh, an unknown number, I don't answer it. I usually just hit end immediately. So what sucks though, is when you do that and you get a voicemail, you know, it's like, son of a bitch, like, who is this? So I got uh, a voicemail that I haven't heard in a while. And it is a random person looking for a Dr. Gallagher. So I, you know, like, yeah, it's it's always, it's weird for me because people will call and they're like, hey, uh, Dr. Gallagher, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I couldn't come in to get that looked at or, you know, like whatever. So it's like, not super detailed messages, but like, you know, messages to where it's like, oh, like that I feel bad. It's like, so a lot of times I'll send a text message back to that number just being like, Hi, you've called the wrong number. You know, this isn't Dr. Gallagher. But a lot uh, a lot of the times I like my phone now, I'm sure, uh, recently, or like within the last year, whenever I got um, this new phone, it automatically, uh, you know, converts the voicemail into text. I don't know how to turn that off. If anyone could reach out and tell me, it's awesome. I have a Samsung, what do I have? An S21, I think. Yeah. But anyway, um, so... Whenever I try to text it back, it always sends the text to the number, which is I'm assuming like the Verizon, uh, you know, like it's like a call thing for them. So these people, I don't believe, are getting the text messages back. But oh, well, what are you going to do? So, yeah, if you're ever looking for a Dr. Gallagher that has lots of zeros and ones in his number, um, just double check the number because you might be calling me. Um, what else do I got here to uh, bullshit about? Oh, so let's talk about my mouse rat shirt. I got a mouse rat shirt for Christmas uh, last year from my wife. Um, One of my favorite gifts. And it's just, you know, it's the, the traditional mouse rat shirt, the one that Andy always wears the gray one with the mouse rat logo. So I wore this shirt to um, my daughters had like an ice cream social at their school, you know, the night before. So I wore the thing there. And it was just awesome getting compliments from people. Not like, hey man, they love my shirt, I'm awesome. Just the fact that people like know what it is. Cuz obviously Parks and Rec is a very big show, but let's be honest, it's not the office, it's not friends, you know. So, just just seeing people like reaching out and coming up and being like, "Oh, I like your shirt. I like your shirt." And I'm over exaggerating. I'm making it sound like people were fucking lining up to come and be like, "Hey, dude, great shirt." It was like two people. But the great thing is these people were my wife's friends, like the, my friends too, but I mean, like more through her. So she was, you know, when we got home later that night, she's like, yeah, you know, uh, Joyce said she really liked your mouse rat shirt. And it was like, Oh, did she? And since my wife refuses to watch this show, like, and it's, I, I, I'm not, not like she's like, Oh, that show sucks. I don't want to watch it. She's just not really like a, a TV show person. She like, she did watch Shit's Creek with me and like, she's watched the office and whatnot. now. But right now, I mean, she, she, when she gets in bed, she watches like her cooking shows or her horrible, uh, true crime episodes. It's like every time I walk in there, you just hear like murdered horribly by his stepfather, you know, and it's like, what the fuck? So anyway, um, but yeah, it's just for like the next couple of days. And then she, you know, she told me it's, she got a text from one of her friends. It's like, oh, I forgot to tell you, uh, t- tell Brian I loved his shirt. And, you know, this is two different people. So, For like the next week, I would just kind of like walk up and like out of nowhere, just be like, hey, um, babe, I was just kind of curious. Did, you know, did any of your other friends compliment my mouse rat shirt? You know, it's just like roll her eyes and it's just like, oh, God, shut up. But um, it was funny at at the actual event, I was talking to one of the other moms and you know, she was kind of like, she's like, we, we know her, but like, we met her like this year. So she was just kind of asking me, you know, about like where my wife and I went to school and how we met and stuff. And, you know, I'm telling her and dah, da dah. Da, and she's like, oh, that's great. You know? And she looks down at my shirt and she's like, so Joni is like the April to your Andy. And this is the third mom now <laughs> with the compliment. And I just looked down and I was like, oh, hell yeah. I'm like, you know the show, right? And she's like, yeah. And obviously, I, I don't mean like you're like Andy, like an idiot or anything. And it's like, oh, no, no. Hey, that's cool, man. I appreciate the compliment. But yeah, so go out and get a mouse rat shirt, man. You will get compliments because I get them all the time and all the time. This one time. But then it leads me into being like, oh, my God, I love Parks and Rec so much. And I just start talking and then, you know, being like a 41-year-old man. I think other people are just like okay like this is uh, like this is not the conversation i was looking for <laughs> so they're just like oh that's great you got hobbies uh but uh anyway uh so there's a couple things i'm watching or have watched because uh you know this is where i bullshit and just kill time obviously this is the filler segment she hulk on disney plus so this uh this show is two episodes in and it does feature Tatiana Maslani, who is uh, obviously she's known for Orphan Black, but in my world, she is known as being Tom's girlfriend, who's Nadia. That was her name. I was going to say, I could not remember her name. She was only in two episodes and then she went on to, uh, she was like going to work in Alaska. I forgot where she was. She was like leaving the, co- so I guess not Alaska, but she was leaving the country and You know her and tom started dating and then we just kind of never heard from her again and that was fine because i i didn't really care for her character actually like she had some good like smart ass comments to tom but other than that i just you know she wasn't like i liked lucy so much better though you know the one that tom ended up with but anyway she is uh the lead character she plays uh jennifer walters or she-hulk who is bruce banner's cousin I, i i'm liking this show like I said, it's two episodes in. The third episode will drop uh, today as you're listening to this podcast on Disney+. Plus. They're they're very fun, just easy to watch. They're, it's not like WandaVision where you're just like, what the hell am I watching? Or even Loki where you're like trying to figure stuff out. With this one right now, it's just, it's fun. And she breaks the fourth wall like Deadpool does. So she talks to the screen a lot and, uh, you know, to us as the viewer talking to the camera. But um, there are uh, like some of my gripes with this show, some of the CGI is just bad. And, and most of it is just her character because Bruce Banner, you know, uh, Hulk or smart Hulk as he is now, which he was in uh, Endgame, and then kind of other things we've seen him moving forward. No, at the end of Shang-Chi, I believe he was in human form, but anyway, um, his CGI actually looked pretty good. I thought there was something kind of weird with his mouth. In the, in the first episode where he was, like, talking out the side of his mouth. But then I was talking to my sister about it, and she was like, well, I think that's just kind of what Mark Ruffalo does. And I think she's right, actually. So, um, But anyway, uh, that CGI didn't look too bad. The CGI for uh, Jennifer Walters, uh, She-Hulk, is, uh, like, her mouth is off, but also, like – and I hate to say it, but, like, it has – it reminds me kind of of Fiona from Shrek, you know, the one uh, Cameron Diaz's character just because she's green, obviously, but um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. And you, you can tell a lot of it's done on green screen, which, or maybe I guess couldn't be a green screen because she is completely green. So that wouldn't work. It would cut her out too. But anyway, um, being the huge MCU fan, I am, I will watch anything they put out. And I think the last episode we did, I talked about uh, Ms. Marvel, <laughs> that's where we were with that, and that ended uh, about a month ago. So yeah, like I said, it's been over two months. So anyway, check out She-Hulk if you haven't, if you're an MCU fan, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I watched Nope yesterday, which is a story about Leslie Nope invading a small uh, town in California where she flies through clouds and kills people. Nope, just kidding. But I did watch Nope. I'm sure you're all familiar with Nope. It is uh, the newest movie by Jordan Peele, who also did Get Out and then Us, which I liked Get Out. Us, I didn't really care for, but I only watched it once, so maybe I'll watch it again. But I also only watched Get Out once, and I did really like that. This movie, I think I do have to watch again, because while there were some really, really cool things about this movie, and I thought the sound design was awesome, and it was kind of original twist on something I I can't really say much without spoiling anything this is an alien movie however it's just presented a little actually I mean very differently when you get like kind of the the reveal at the end but yeah this um the I thought it was kind of boring for for the first maybe 45 minutes I mean it took a while to get going and Daniel Kaluuya is his character in this movie is one that just emotes a lot. He doesn't talk very much, and I hate that so much in movies. Like, I can understand when, like in Parks and Rec, for instance. Let's talk about Parks and Rec, because I haven't talked about that in a while. When you see Ron or Ben or, you know, and even The Office, because I've been watching a ton of that lately with Jim. When they look at the camera and you get a, a look for, like, a slight second, that's all I need. I don't need to see someone brooding, like, off to the side and just, like, mm-hmm. So yeah, his character, I just, I didn't, he wasn't very likable to me, but again, there was the sound design for this movie was great. It was creepy. And I mean, like they just, again, like a lot of like hearing horses scream, (laughs) I won't spoil anything again, but yeah, I mean like, and there's some, this movie is rated R it's not super duper gory violent but there are a couple scenes there's a subplot going on with a chimpanzee that I won't get too much into but um right after I said there's some gore and then I brought up a chimpanzee let's mm-hmm. put two and two together there but um yeah so if you are um you know if you're into horror movies first of all, check out the Horocopia podcast, but also, um, yeah, I would recommend this movie. I'm going to watch it again, because again, I, I, I feel like I was really hard on it the first time, like just with my own thoughts. And then I wrote down some you know notes for my other podcast. but it's, you know, it, it definitely, I, I'm going to, I'm going to give it another shot because I, I feel like, I don't know. I, anyway. So I do, let me find this. Okay. I have asked you folks, in the past couple months, if you, um, you know, because I decided I was going to start just uh, doing mini reviews for uh, certain episodes before I get into the actual subject of uh, whatever I'm talking about that week. And I got a message on Instagram and I feel bad because this was sent October 27th. So this is almost a year old. And I feel terrible because I may have read this to myself, but I clearly didn't. You know, follow up on this, and this is from uh, at Noah underscore Majors, buddy. I am so sorry. I wrote you back on here telling you it's just like, oh my god, I I can't believe how long it's been. I'm very sorry. I don't know how I didn't notice this, but anyway, he wrote, "Hello, I am a huge fan of your podcast and Parks and Rec, of course, but I wanted to make a couple of suggestions for episodes." The first being the road trip episode because I consider it to be the changing episode of the series because it was Leslie and Ben's first kiss and Andy and April had their first makeup when April sang <coughs> sang to him in the, the courtyard and the telethon because that is my favorite episode ever. It is so funny and every time I watch it, I laugh even harder. And lastly, season four. That's how I put season four. I don't know if he means the whole season, which I do love, but... Because I think that is the best and funniest, and to me, the best episodes are in that series, that season. I confused myself. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Noah. Again, I hope you're still a fan of this show, um, and I hope you got to hear that I am doing your episode. Season 3, episode 14, Road Trip, which, which is what we are going to jump into right now. Okay, so... Right off the bat, we uh, get heavy flirting with Ben and Leslie, which we've, you know, like we've been kind of seeing a little bit of it leading up to this. But this is when they're like being like, like really flirtatious. And I, I love it because Leslie is sitting down and she's talking to Anne. And Anne is just completely ignored on both ends. Once Ben walks up and he's like, "Hey, Leslie," she's like, "Hey, Ben," you know. And they just start like, "Hey, you know, we got a meeting down by uh, yeah, yeah." You're gonna go? Cool, I'm gonna go too. And they talk for probably about like 20 seconds or whatever, and then they just split up. And Anne just looks up and she's like, "Hi, Ben." And he it almost looks like he's legitimately caught off guard that she's there because he's like, "Oh, hi, Anne." But I think it might also him being. Kind of like a smart ass back to her for being like, Hi, Ben, like you just ignored me. But um, so the, you know, like they're basically this whole thing they have going on is that they can't date because this is one of Chris's rules. And if they are caught dating, they could both be fired. So the next scene literally cut to Chris sending the two of them to Indianapolis together because they're trying to get Pawnee to uh, be able to host a, a mini. I'm sorry, uh, like a pee wee baseball league that they used to have that they used. Like I said, they used to have it, but they had to stop because the game and the kids were attacked by raccoons. And I just love when they show the footage of it. And it's literally like 15 raccoons just like running around the infield and the whole baseball team just screaming comes running off. So what the plan is, is that Leslie is going to go on this trip with Ben and she enlists the help of Anne to come up with really stupid, boring ideas for conversation. So here are some of those uh, ideas. The New Yorker article called The History of the Ladder. Dorms at John Hopkins University. And uh, she was going to read from her Sonicare toothbrush pamphlet. Meanwhile, back at the park's office, Tom comes in and announces to everyone. Okay. Okay. Everyone, stop what you're doing and come with me, all four of you. Where are you going? Leslie's not here today. No boss. We can do whatever we want. I'm your boss. (laughs) That's a good one, Ron. Let's go. Seriously. Come on. And it's great, too, because, like, even Ron makes that face like, yeah, I guess you're right. Like, I ain't shit. (laughs) Um, So, Tom comes up with a game show called No Ya Boo, which is a direct ripoff of the Newlywed Game and even, uh, I think, Jerry mentions that and Tom's like shut up Jerry it's not a ripoff and then it cuts to his talking head he's like it's totally a ripoff of the newlywed game so um yeah the April and Andy they get into a fight because uh what you do in this game is you just ask one person a question or you ask you ask a person a question and they write down the answer that they think the other person you know what the other person's answer is going to be and if those answers match then you get a point so when he asks April, you know, like if you could have sex with any rock star or any famous person, who would it be? And Andy's like, well, of course it would be me. And he does that. And she flips hers over and it says Jeff Mangum, I think is his name. He's the lead singer of her favorite band, um, Neutral Milk Hotel. And Andy is really upset. And like, this is for me, uh, sorry, Noah, I don't like Andy at all in this episode. Like he's just he's just like a a baby, you know, actually, I can't say I don't like him at all because he does have the really funny conversation with Tom about the different all the different uh, slurp channels and um, uh, like basically ESPN. And like, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, he's just like a baby in this episode because. April, I mean, she doesn't give the best answer when he's like, Well, I thought, you know, like I was the best celebrity you'd want to sleep with. And she's like, Well, you're not really a rock star. And that, even, and she's right. I mean, like, technically, yes, he's a musician, but I mean, he's not like a star, Um, not like Johnny Karate status star. So he is just like, Yeah, he's pissy the whole episode and blah, yada, yada, yada. So, So now we're in the car, and it's pretty funny. It it cuts in, and this is uh, Ben and Leslie going to Indianapolis. So we come back in, and Leslie is actually talking about the Johns Hopkins dormitories, which she, yeah, obviously she brought that up before as like one of her boring topics. But so. Yeah. And then Ben, it it gets really awkward for a second because Ben, he blows like an eyelash off of Leslie, you know, he gets real close and it's like kind of intimate. And then she just backs off immediately. She's like, Oh, we're not doing this. You know, uh, we can't. Uh, So let's just not talk to each other for the rest of it. So um, anyway, like another uh, really funny part, which actually comes later on obviously is when they're back in the car, but Chris is with them because, He meets them in Indianapolis and that kind of puts a dent in them, like having possibly like a romantic weekend, which is awesome because I love Anne. she's just like, you guys could literally get a room. But anyway, so Chris just won't shut up in the back. So Leslie puts on uh the the banjo boogie bonanza and it's just do 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 but just like seeing Rob Lowe do that and actually if you listen to um Parks and Recollection, which I think it's on like a break for um the seasonal break which they did the first they covered the first 3 seasons and then they took a break so maybe like those are on their podcast considered season 1 uh but anyway yeah just uh Rob Lowe talking about doing that and he said that was one of the his favorite parts about like just being Chris Traeger, like doing that scene, he said was one of the best memories he has. And it was so damn funny. So go ahead and check that out. So uh, let's see, I talked about that. So we go over like with what Ron's doing throughout the day. And since no one's in the parks office, because Leslie and Ben are gone, well, Ben doesn't work in there anyway, but Leslie's gone. And then the other four, Andy, April, Jerry and Donna are they're uh, in the, the other room with Tom and he's still doing this game. So there's no one there except Ron. So a little girl walks in and she, you know, she's, he's just like, can I help you? She's like, yeah, I'm looking for, you know, someone who works here. He's like, oh, okay, well, um, you know, just go ahead and have a seat and someone will be with you soon. And he's going back and she's like, well, you know, don't you work here? Said, All right, sure. So she tells him that her, her class is there and they're, uh, they're doing a class project and. What her project is about is why government is important. So Ron is all of a sudden just like, really? You know, so now he's actually excited to talk to this girl because it's like he wants to explain to her why government is useless, which he does. And it's, it's pretty funny because later on in the or actually like when she leaves, he's really excited that he had this conversation with her and he gives her the mind that's on his desk, the Claymore mind, which we find out later on in the series and actually in season seven episode 4 Ron and Leslie when he um Les or he goes to like he wants to use the the mine to like break out of the office because they're locked in and Leslie finally reveals to him that after all of these years I mean this is this is season uh, 3 we're talking about here that this is a fake mine clearly which is hilarious because he's all upset because like I believe he opens it and like confetti shoots out or something and Leslie's like, do you really think I would give you a live, like an active landmine? And, you know, and Ron's just kind of like, well, uh, you know, like he has like a stupid answer, but he's just like, yeah, yeah, I guess that is stupid of me. So he gives her the mine. And then later on in the episode, her her mom comes back and she's just like pissed off. She's like, are you Ron Swanson? What the, you know, and, and you, you kind of feel for Ron because he actually, he doesn't really have a rebuttal here. It's like, yeah, I screwed up. I shouldn't have done that. But he was just like really engages in conversation with his girl and even tells the mom, he's like, I, I just got really caught up in the conversation. And I apologize. And the mom's pissed because she just, she slaps the paper down like the daughter's project. All it said is government is useless. <laughs> like that's all she wrote. So he was super proud of it. But, um, so, okay. So, uh, going back to, uh, uh Leslie and Ben, when they are giving their presentation, about having the baseball game there what i i do love or the baseball tournament in pawnee i love like you can actually see that ben is like kind of starting to fall in love with pawnee thought i was gonna say leslie didn't you but i mean like maybe he's just still trying to sell this to them but he sounds genuine he's just like you know there's there's just something about pawnee like the way but i mean ben is awesome with you know and you find out when everyone wants him to be like work for them like you know be the campaign manager or um, whatnot but yeah he's just he's he's very uh, I mean he's usually nervous when he's on the air but just like talking to someone regularly it's uh, comes all natural to him so they end up getting the tournament they're very happy about that and um, that's when they go out to celebrate and Chris just shows up out of nowhere because he does live in Indianapolis if you'll recall he moved back there and then he ends up moving back to Pawnee when uh, city manager uh, Paul Iresco, has his nope grope when he has the heart attack and he grabs Leslie's boob. Good stuff. So, um, all right, where are we at? Where are we at? Oh yeah. So more with this like Mopey Andy, he sells his guitar to sewage Joe, which I wonder, this is another one. I wonder if there's deleted scenes for this episode, because it's just weird to me that sewage Joe is in this episode, literally to say nothing and just be in the background where Andy is handing him his guitar. And I mean, like, you know, like, it's not like it's unheard of for him to do, to be in this episode, but like Rick Fox, the actor, I mean, like he's, he's a pretty big comedian. So I assume like he's, he's getting like a, you know, maybe a decent check for being on that show when he is sewage Joe. So it's just weird for me that they literally had him in this episode for about two seconds. And it was just Andy handing him the guitar. They mention him again later, but um, that's it. So uh, ben and Leslie for the first time they admit that they do like each other and this is the, actually the first mention of the Wiz Palace which no I'm sorry the second mention of it the first time was when she was with Dave Sanderson uh, Louis CK who I'm gonna talk about his character later but yeah you you um it's just they, they both like admit to each other because Ben's like you know hey like i'm not the only one with these feelings right and leslie's like no and it's like really genuine and sincere i love that scene so that's what you know that's when chris shows up and uh he just kind of puts a wrench in everything so <laughs> the the way they do the framing for this is awesome though because leslie comes out of the whiz palace and you see ben and there's um the server uh standing like with his back to leslie you know pouring ben's drink or whatever and then when the server walks away, you see Chris sitting there. It was just really good framing that you had no idea that that was going to happen. So it was pretty cool. Oh, so we actually get a, a very rare April and Ann moment where April shows up at Ann's house, which is funny. Just just in itself is really funny because she, you know, Ann's inside. She hears the doorbell ring. She opens it up and April's standing there. And Ann, it's just so funny. She's like, she doesn't say anything. She just she looks outside, like looks around just like is what what's happening here, like just to make sure that she's not being pranked or anything. And she's like, you know, this is my house. Right. And so April just lets herself in. And, you know, she it just asks Anne, like if she could help out, like, do you have any advice? Which is weird. But I guess Anne broke up with Andy. So it's not like um, I guess it would be weirder for uh, like if someone was asking Andy, like, Hey, what can I do to hook up with Ann? You know, cause she, he was dumb. So obviously it'd be a lot worse, but anyway, so Ann tells April, you know, because April explains what she said and she's like, you know, he, I mean, he's really, he's not a rock star. And, and just like, ah, like she realizes right then it's like, well, that's what you did wrong because she knows how childish Andy can be and like how wrapped up he gets in things like this. So she tells April, Andy just wants you to be proud of him. And he wants you to really like his band, which April has said before. She's like that. She doesn't really like mouse rat that much, but I mean, it's like, eh, it's fine. But she's more into uh, different kinds of music. And so she kind of understands. And it's funny too, because she just says to Ann, like after Ann tells her that she's like, wow, Ann, I didn't know you were a psychiatrist too. And Ann gives her a look like, fuck you, you know, like she does the, like the face crinkle. And then April's just like, I'm sorry, I'm I'm instinctively mean to you. Like she doesn't know how not to be mean to Anne. So I love that. Um, Then we see out in the courtyard, or actually Andy is uh, shoe shining and he's, you know, uh, still moping. And you start hearing the song, I Fill in the pit over only, sorry, only sung by a woman. So Andy's like, oh, this is a great song. I know this song. And then he starts to put two and two together. He's like, wait a minute. He's like, I wrote this song. So he goes out into the courtyard, and April is performing with Mouse Rat, which is pretty cool. Uh, actually, something that I noticed with this episode that I've never noticed before: this might be the only episode where they show Chang, the bass player for Mouse Rat, not wearing a suit. He is actually wearing like like a like a track jacket almost, or actually, it's like a black just jacket with uh, jeans on and white shoes. So I thought that was kind of cool because I've never noticed it before. And I wonder, they did cover that episode on Parks and Recollection. I don't believe he mentioned, you know, uh, but then again, it's probably not that big a deal. I just thought it was really cool. So anyway, uh, the end of the episode shows Ben going in and he kisses Leslie and she obviously reciprocates and they kiss for a couple seconds and then she just goes, "Uh uh-oh. And then that's the end of the episode. Well, then they have the the tag at the end, but anyway. So yeah, that's uh, uh, Noah. That was a good episode. Like I said, I, I didn't really care for Andy too much in this episode. I just thought he was like a whining baby, which I guess it was his turn to do it because April's done it in so many episodes. But anyway, um, yeah, good episode. If I don't hear uh, from anyone else <laughs> about uh, any episode suggestions, not like being like, I'm going to fucking cancel this show, but I will probably just do uh, Noah's other pick, which is uh, Telethon. So uh, if you want to hear anything else. Also, I forgot to mention Elf uh, from Melmac did comment months back when I put the, the question on the Spotify app. So again, uh, I'll put like just probably the same question, what episodes should I cover? But On the Spotify app, at least, and maybe other ones, I'm not sure. There, you'll see if you go to the description for the show, if you scroll down a little bit, there's a question there that I asked, and you can answer. Like, you can actually write back, it's like, hey, do you know this episode, whatever. He said before, uh, again, two months ago, uh, the last episode, he actually wrote down that. I should cover the the Parks and Rec reunion special, which was the the extra episode that came, you know, years after the show ended. I was thinking about doing that one, but it's just not a very good episode, to be honest. But I mean, that that's probably good conversation. As right now, I'm literally uh, going to start talking about the worst things about this show, in my opinion. And again this is for conversation just to kind of get people thinking because I love this show more than any other TV show I've ever watched. I was going to say more than anything in the world, but that's not true. I love, um, lamp and I love anchorman. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I just, I thought it'd be kind of fun because there are, when I watch this show, there are things that bug me. So I've got, uh, I think seven different categories here and, um, we're going to start off. We're just going to go off, start off with a bang, and we're going to talk about the worst episode from Parks and Recreation. So the consensus is, and I'm saying consensus because I'm going off the lowest rated episode on IMDb, which is my go-to. I don't use Rotten Tomatoes. I'm an IMDb dude. But anyway, the pilot episode, which is a 6.9. So I kind of feel like you know, like, what are you going to do? It's like The Office, the first season of The Office, it's bad in relation to the rest of the series, you know, like, characters haven't been quite, uh, you know, fully developed yet, or even maybe developed in any ways. Um, Notably, Leslie and Ron in this episode, Leslie, for the first season is very, very, I don't even want to say Michael Scott, because like, Leslie like Michael Scott makes you feel like like he can make you cringe a lot obviously that's you know very uh, you know well known with him but like his more of his I don't want to say stupidity but like yeah it's just cluelessness you get a lot of that from Leslie in this first season where it's like she's like in love with Mark Brendanowitz and she's very like petty and, you know, like she just becomes like as the seasons go on a lot stronger of a character and a lot stronger, you know, politician where, again, in this one, it's like. They they didn't even know if this show was going to continue, so it was just like, all right. And then once they got picked up and they got a full season for season uh, full, a full slate for season two, it was like, all right, let's uh, let's liven this up a little bit. Let's see. So with Ron even. You got in, sorry, real quick back to, to go back to Leslie. And I've, I've mentioned it on the show before, but Amy Poehler did say that she didn't want to be another Michael Scott. So I believe that was got, and you know, that's why they, the writers were kind of like, all right, well, let's start, you know, she can still be like ditzy at times, but like, let's make her just a stronger character, a more powerful, more confident in herself, you know? So, and then Ron, one of the big things off the bat is just the way he dresses in, in this episode, as well as all of season one, he wears a suit and he's, he's very, very soft spoken. Um, I like, uh, Bobby Knight and, you know, so it's, it's just kind of, again, like Ron's still a great character in season one, has some great lines, but he's like a subdued Ron. He's not, you know, and, and Ron, for the most part, doesn't give a shit about stuff. So he is very like, "Mm -hmm," about a lot of stuff, but he's. He talks louder. He's more, you know, like intimidating, I guess. And you also see that he's afraid of his boss, who's, like I said before, uh, I mentioned him, Paul Ioresco, the city manager, the one who uh, does the nope grope. Ron's like afraid of him. So it's kind of weird seeing him. I mean, he cowers for Tammy one, obviously, but um yeah so i can understand i mean like and obviously it's not like oh this is the worst episode because leslie and ron are different but it's just um you know you watch it and it's like a good starting point but even like a uh, aziz Zanzari at the time he was like brand new to acting so we're used to seeing him as a stand-up comedian and he was good in this show but i mean he didn't have just that that tom flavor yet i guess if you will um you got, you met Andy and it's like, he's funny, but it's also like, well, he's kind of pathetic. And it's like, I don't know if I like this guy. Uh, and, and he ended up, and I think I decided like, obviously Ben is my favorite character. I've stated that many times. I think Andy might be the funniest character on the show. Cause you have so many heavy hitters here. I mean, like Ron, Leslie, everyone is great, but I just think Andy, even watching like outtakes of stuff. And maybe that's what made me think it's just because he's so clever. Like Chris Pratt as an actor, um, He's just he's clever. He's, he's very like a, a good improv actor. I don't know if he took classes or anything like that. But anyway, so now my opinion, though, for the worst episode is the Johnny Karate Super Awesome Musical Explosion show, which is season seven, episode 10. I just don't care for this episode because I don't like where it's placed. and And maybe things would be different if this was in season six at the end, or if this was in season, well, it wouldn't be season five because he wasn't Johnny Karate yet, but just anywhere in season six or early in season seven. Season seven had 13 episodes and this was episode number, or I'm sorry, did it have 12 episodes and this was episode number 10. Whatever it is, it was the second to last episode. Reminded me of Threat Level Midnight from The Office only in the sense that it was like, okay, Steve Carell is leaving this show. So Threat Level Midnight was an episode that was like an episode within an episode because they were watching a movie about the office, kind of like, you know, again, that they made inside. So this seeing an episode of the Johnny Karate show was to me almost the same thing. Like they're like, all right, let's take a break. We're going to still have like some of the story in here. It's like, yeah, you still have April feeling bad that she's making Andy, you know, like end this show to go move to Washington. But for the most part, I mean, this episode is just like, all right, we're going to show you an episode of the Johnny Karate Show. And I just don't think it's very funny. I love that John Cena's in this this episode because I think he's great. But for the most part, it's just, again, it was just like kind of a boring filler episode that I thought they could have, they didn't need to put it this close to the end of the series because I feel like like if they kept that storyline going, you know, with every, everyone kind of moving away and whatnot, it would be great. It would have been better. Yeah. If this episode, which was kind of meaningless in the grand scheme of things was like, yeah, pushed to the beginning. Like if this was even the first episode of season seven, I would have been like, okay, whatever, you know, but yeah. And then uh, the, uh, the the runner up, <laughs> which I just said, like my, epi- so I'm giving you three now. Uh, The runner up though, in my opinion, is Sister City, season two, episode five, which has one of the funniest scenes in the entire series, I will admit, and that is when Fred Armisen is just talking about like, how you go to jail, go to jail, you know, like you overcook fish, go to jail, you undercook fish, go to jail, straight to jail. Such a great scene. I probably played it in one of the clips um, a while back or on one of the previous episodes because again, it's just such a funny scene, but he makes me so uncomfortable and there's another, uh, there's a character I will talk about later that does the same thing. Like, it's just I again, I've talked about it, Leslie. I I want to like almost like fight for her. So when it's like there's a character on the show just being like an asshole, it's like oh I hate it. And yeah, it's just some of the some of the ways he acts towards Pawnee, which I'm not again like I don't you know it's not like Come on, he's talking shit about Pawnee, but it's like would someone be that? Obviously, rude and shitty. You know, especially when this is supposed to be like a gathering of again their sister city, which I guess is a thing. I've seen signs for some cities entering. That's like, hey, you are entering da 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 sister city with. Huh. I don't think my town is a sister city, at least that I know. Of. So anyway, now let's move on to the worst story arc. I gotta say, now we're just going opinional here. This is uh, these are my thoughts. Ron and Leslie's fight in, um. sorry, yeah, yeah, Ron and Leslie's fight that starts uh, at the very beginning of season seven and goes from episode one to episode four, which uh, it does uh, episode four, the episode Ron and Leslie, which is where they uh, reconcile the makeup, and that is one of the highest rated episodes on IMDb, it's a 9.5, I think the finale is like a 9.6, so it's it's really damn high up there. It's it's probably like one of the top 3, maybe you know, 5 rated episodes, but anyway, this just this came out of left field big time. It was like what the hell are they doing here when season 7 started. First of all, it was weird that they did that weird time jump. You know, like they jumped forward three years. I understand. It's like, all right, let's 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 get this story moving. We want to show what's going on. It's like, couldn't this stuff just happen like over the summer? And it's like maybe six, seven months later. I know they wanted to show you like how damn like successful Ben and Leslie are now. But, you know, we at the end of season six, we knew she was get taking this job as the new parks director of the whole Midwest. So, yeah, we could have done like even a year, you know, that would have been fine. But like three years I don't know. I sometimes feel like they just they bypassed 3 years just because they didn't want to show Ben and Leslie having to raise the the triplets, which is fine with me because to be honest with you, I hate seeing babies on shows. But to like just talk about like why this fight started was just completely idiotic to me and it was bad writing, I thought, because what happened was Leslie got this job at the, you know, the the parks, the Midwest Parks, like she's in charge of the whole Midwest now, and she was still in the same building, though, as her former parks department. She was just one floor um, up, I believe, the one that Ron renovated. And so as as Leslie became more successful, more of the parks crew started working for her. And it wasn't like she was poaching workers. They just started coming to her because there was better opportunity, probably better pay. And she didn't realize that she was, in a way, taking all these people away from Ron, not like Ron gives a shit about government or whatnot, but as he even tells her, it was his friends. He had no one left in there. He said one day he looked up and he didn't recognize anyone except maybe like Crazy Craig. But it was just a younger crew. And that was actually a weird scene because like just seeing a completely different group in the park's office. Like, you know, like, in the yeah. So... He went up to uh, her and he was going to ask her for a job because he just wanted to be back with his friends. She was like very busy and she's like, hey, you know, let's let's have lunch. It's been a long time. We'll catch up everything. She had no idea that that's what he was here for. So she blew him off. Not on purpose. She wasn't like, fuck Ron. I don't care about this guy. She genuinely like was just busy and forgot. So Ron decided to bulldoze Ann's house and start like his own company, the very good building company. But yeah, like their first project was to expand on lot 48 and turn it into, uh, or the lot next to lot 48, which is Ann's house, turn it into an apartment complex called Morningstar. So you keep hearing about Morningstar. And then when we finally get, you know, uh, we find out what it is, but like, this just seems incredibly like petty. You know, so just like, again, that's that's why Ron and Leslie are now like mortal enemies, because he was upset that she blew him off. Like he couldn't like expand on this. He couldn't have called her been like, what the hell? You know, like the yada, 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 just decided to like kind of cut ties and destroy this friendship. They have this amazing friendship over that. So. I will admit, though, when season seven started and you see Ben and Leslie come down and Ben looks over Leslie's shoulder and he's like, oh, he's here. And she's just like, oh, you know, who are you talking about? And he's like, oh, the, the, we don't say his name. I was very intrigued. I had no idea that was going to be Ron. And when I saw it was Ron, it was like, huh, wait, what is this? And then like, so it was like, OK, this this could be funny. But then like when you saw in the episode, they were like fighting like they got physical like and threw each other into a cake. So I don't know. It just it, To me, it was just like this. I, I didn't like it. It only went four episodes and it led up to a really, really good episode. Like I said, uh, the episode uh, Leslie and Ron was great. But um, yeah, so it's not a fan. Uh, my runner up is the episode or I'm sorry, my runner up as far as uh, worst story arc is Leslie and Dave who I talked about before Louis CK as a couple I just think this makes no sense not saying that like Dave's stupid or he's an idiot or anything but he's just very like bumbling and he's clearly not into the same things Leslie is because like he thinks that uh, you know all the pictures she has behind her of like all these great uh, female politicians he thinks it's like her grandma you know and her grandma's friends or whatever and he learns this stuff but it just seems dumb to me and then even the fact that they kind of like teeter with you that Leslie might actually leave Pawnee to go to San Diego with this guy. It's like, come on. I don't know. Um, he was th- like, this relationship actually went for 10 episodes, but he was only in six. So, I mean, like, he's, he was kind of sparse here and there, but it starts in season two, episode two, and it goes uh, all the way through uh, episode 12. And then he does come back in season four for the fun, uh, which is a pretty funny episode just called Dave Returns. And character was, was very funny, but he was also like, kind of like, eh, kind of one note. So I just, I don't buy that Leslie would have dated him, uh, especially for that long. Next up, I am going to talk about the worst character in this show. Um, I had to like go through and think about a lot of these because you've got a lot of the like Leslie's nemesis, who I uh, believe I talked about uh, a couple episodes back, the enemies of Nope. Um, I went for one actually that wasn't because those characters are great. They're funny, like they're, they, they they're interesting. A character who wasn't very interesting in my opinion was Justin, who is played by Justin Thoreau and he was in season two or he was introduced season two episode 13 and he went through to uh, season two episode 16. So only four episodes wait. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, four episodes for him. I do the math because it's like, wait, 16 minus 13 is three, but you have to add the third. So four episodes. So at first he was very likable, I thought, as Anne's lawyer friend who came in because Leslie was basically, she was going to get sued by uh, the building company that was doing the developing for lot 40, uh, 48. And Leslie filled it in with dirt to take over. So they wanted to sue Herbie and like, hey, you know, like we weren't done with this, yada, yada, yada. So Anne suggested her friend Justin, uh, who was a college friend of hers, who's a a, a good lawyer. So Justin Thoreau, again. I've seen him in a few things. I've always liked him as an actor, and I thought like he did a good job on this show. I just think his character kind of sucked. But he comes in, and right off the bat, you like him because he's just a smooth talker. He's pretty funny. He's got like some good lines, you know. Tom falls in love with him, like literally falls in love with him immediately, and. You you just kind of find out, though, that he's very cocky, he's very braggy, and um, in the end, he's just kind of like a slime bag because he's not, like, so what happens is Leslie, for for Valentine's Day, which is the day before Valentine's Day, Leslie is trying to hook her mom up with and not hook up. She's trying to reconnect her mom with like this old, this guy named Frank that she had a fling with. And she always tells this wonderful story that like Leslie loves to hear. So her and Justin drove and they found it was John Larroquette. And he was so damn funny in this episode. He was like, this is one of my favorite cameos actually in the, the entire series was uh, John Larroquette as Frank. But Justin's like Leslie kind of, she's having second thoughts. Like, well, I don't, you know, like maybe we shouldn't do this. I don't know how my mom's going to feel or how they're going to feel. And Justin's like, no, no, we got to do it. We got to do it. And you just kind of find out from Ron who when like later on in that episode, Leslie's talking to Ron and she's like, "Eh, I don't, you know, like, I don't know if things are going to work out with Justin. And she's kind of talking a little about like why. And Ron's like, well, he's a tourist. And she doesn't quite understand at first. And he's like, he moves from person to person, you know, and he just gets good stories out of it. And that, because that's all he does is tell stories. And they're always like, again, like if I was just like, oh man, I got in a water balloon fight today. He'd be like, oh, that's a great story. And like really be awesome and supportive. But then it would turn into you, him telling you how, he got into a water balloon fight with like the Prince of Nigeria or something. But like, he does it in a way that like, it's so compelling and he's not trying to be like, well, your story's fine, but I did this. Like, he's just adding to it, but by adding to it, he is completely making your story just sound like it sucks, <laughs> you know? So yeah. So that, that's pretty much like the kind of person he is. You know, he just, he does that. He doesn't really care. Like him and Leslie break up and it's like, eh, all right, Cool. Uh, which actually leads to a funny scene with him and Tom, where he's just like, "Tom, man, it's it's not you, it's me," and he's just really nice to him about the breakup, and you feel like him and Tom just broke up. But yeah, so I didn't uh, didn't really like that that storyline, and I didn't like him. Uh, my runner-up coming back in again is Dave Sanderson, played by Louis C.K. Again, I just I thought um, he he was funny. But he just seemed completely out of place in this show. Not his... Actually, I can't say that because he he seemed right in place in Pawnee. But being Leslie's boyfriend made no sense to me again. And I guess I don't really have to get into that. Oh, and then also I had written down in parentheses because I just forgot about these two. Uh, Derek and Ben, April's boyfriends from seasons one and two. Um, <clears throat> Derek is in most of season one. And then Ben comes in season two in the first episode. And you find out that he is Derek's boyfriend, but not April's. And she makes out with him sometimes when her and Derek are fighting. <laughs> so it's actually a really funny story, but just those two suck. There's like, every time they're on screen, you're like, Oh, and they're just like, s- like smarmy little pricks, you know, it's like, eh. and they're, like, they're, they're shitty to Andy right off the bat. And it's like, dude, we love Andy. It's like, screw you guys. So, All right, moving on. The worst one-off guest star. I know this seems very just like, "Mm, oh, that's oddly specific. But, you know, I was trying to think about things I don't like about this show, and there's not a ton, so I had to think of some. Parker Posey as Lindsay Carlisle Shea in the episode Eagleton, which is season three, episode 12. So this is another one when I was talking about Fred Armisen's character in Sister City she is an Eagleton snob and that might be like the first inst I'm trying to think that the first like instance of what Eagleton is like how they're just like you know like we they've been brought up I believe but like actually seeing that culture now because Leslie you know she goes over there and uh because they're trying to make a, a they're or they're trying to get a fence torn down that was that that Eagleton put up just to be like assholes, but it was like, hey, keep your dirty town on your side. So nothing wrong with it. But, you know, so anyway, she's just very rude, like, but like over the top rude and like condescending and mean. And um, yeah, but kind of like the runner up here. Sean Hayes as Buddy Wood. Actually, he might be my my single least favorite, but these two both suck. But uh, season four, episode 18, the episode Lucky. So he's like a scandal maker, basically. He's just like, he, but he's really big. He's got like a big TV show and stuff. And he interviews people and he just like, he, you know, he's he's like trying to create scandals. So he's like Joan Calamezzo in a way, but like zero um, likable to, um, you know, on a scale of one to 10, he's like a, a zero. So he... Um, he just put uh, another one just pointing out how disgusting Pawnee is. And, oh, we're at the, the, cause they had to do the interview at the Pawnee airport because like his flight got delayed and that was the only way they could do it. And Leslie was drunk, which sucked because it's not like she was being irresponsible. The, the meeting got canceled. So she went out drinking and then it was like, oh, Ben called up and was like, Hey, we should, uh, or uh, sorry, uh, buddy. So his flight got delayed so he could do the interview. So Leslie has to do it drunk. So she is kind of like, inebriated doing this. And then when he finds out she's drunk, she's just like, yeah, fucking whatever. And she tells him, you know, it's just like, this is a great town, you know, you, you suck and da da da. So, okay. This is kind of a big one. The worst season. However, I think these two are kind of interchangeable for me. Season one, hate to keep harping on it, but let's be honest. It's one of the worst seasons when you look at it versus the other ones. I mean, like season one of parks and recreation is funny, but, First, the others, it's got to be the worst. Um, yeah. Again, characters are not fully developed. Uh, there's only six episodes. The tone is completely different. It's just, it's a lot, you know, like the, the show season two for Parks is like, for me, it's when it starts. And then season three is when Ben and Chris come in. So it's like a rebirth and, you know, but um, Mark is just more of a sleaze ball. Like he is just made to be so unlikable. And I, I like Mark. I like that character. And I see it a lot on the parks rec memes page, people constant like whenever I post a, a Mark meme, there's always the people who are like, "What? Well, I, I liked Mark. Like, and I, I have to tell him, it's like, I do too. I'm not like shitting on him. Like I'm just posting a, a funny scene from the show that just happens to be at his expense. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Like I said about Tom, I feel like he wasn't fully developed as an actor yet, you know, because it was still early for him. He had been in things. I know he was in like some like sketch comedy shows and whatnot. But uh, when he became like became Tom Haverford, I mean, like more of the the one we like, like pop culture, you know, um, not like nerd culture, like Ben, but more like uh, Tom, just everything he's into, all the the music and everything and uh, the actors and stuff. So. There's also, there's like no Jerry and Donna in this. And when they are in it, they don't speak because they weren't, uh, they weren't like, I, I think they weren't like part of the actors guild or something. Maybe that's what it was, but they just weren't sure if they were going to keep them around also. So it's like, and you have to pay actors a lot more when they talk on an episode. So, um, or when they talk for the first time, then I believe that's when they they start their, their pay um, like goes up, I mean, I guess. So, um, yeah, April's boyfriend, Derek is in it and he sucks. And, uh, we, we do meet Ben. Like I said, uh, Ben, not, not Ben Wyatt, Ben, April's boyfriend's boyfriend. We meet him at the beginning of season two. Andy is funny, but, um, kind of unlikable. Like I said, in episode one, like we get like a full season of him just like being like a lazy ass, you know, like it's funny. It's very funny because he's a, he's a great actor. He's a great comedic actor, but like. Just Andy's kind of a scumbag, you know? It's like he's just like a freeloading loser in the first season and kind of for a lot of season two until him and April get together. He kind of gets his shit together, but um, yeah. And then uh, the runner-up, though, and like I said, these could be interchangeable, season seven. Like I already, you know, I've kind of talked about how I did not like the Johnny Karate episode, but they did that weird time jump for three years um, this, this actually has nothing to do with the show. This is just my, my personal gripe. They predicted the Cubs winning the world series and it fucking happened. And that was like one of the worst days of my life because I hate the Cubs so much, but props to, it wasn't really one of the worst days of my life, but it was like, Oh God. So, uh, good for them. I, I think they were a, a year, uh, one year late, but they still predicted it. It was just insane. Um, so good for them on that. Just another prediction that uh, Parks and Rec did. I should. It's an episode I should keep in the bank, just like predictions that came true. So, um, yeah, like I said, I just think that they part of this time jump was just so it's like we don't have to see the kids grow up those three years, which I was fine with. Uh, the Ron and Leslie fight, I hated. The Grizzle story became kind of nonsense. Like I liked that they introduced that because like Blake Anderson's great, and we got to see uh, you know Yorma Tacone as uh, Roscoe Santangelo. And so there was some good, funny stuff there. And and again, more of their predictions with like a lot of the technology and stuff. But like how Leslie got the Newportland, basically just like kind of talking her way into these guys, like giving up like $100 million. Like, oh, it'll be bad press. And it's like, oh, and you're like kind of like, oh, that's nothing to you guys. $100 million is a lot to even a billionaire. It's like, come on. So That just seemed, like, really ridiculous. I mean, it was a great story watching Leslie do this and just, like, working her magic and getting this damn uh, – the Newportland. It was just – yeah, it was incredible. And then um, I will say, though, the finale episode is incredible. And there's some good episodes in here. Just overall, I mean, like, the – I don't know. It just, it wasn't as good. It was a shorter season as well. And um, that didn't help for it being the final season. I, I just, I don't know if, uh, you know, the, the parks, like if the actors and whatnot wanted to move on or if MVC was just like, ah, oh, no, we're ready for you to move on. So. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I also just wanted to say it's not part of a season, but um, the parks and rec reunion special, I guess could be considered like a one episode season. And as I said before, I just didn't think it was a very good episode. It was just like too far removed. I think maybe if they got the cast back together and did like a couple more episodes, they could kind of like work their way back into that magic. But this was just weird. And also the way it was shot, you know, it was, it was done cleverly and it was very like true to life because it was about COVID. So it was a good way for them to get the actors to actually just be in the COVID situation where they were literally all on their own, you know, devices. And it was like a zoom meeting. So I thought it was pretty clever. Okay. Now the last one I have here is worst couple. (laughs) And you know, I have plenty of thoughts on Tom and this does involve Tom because his relationship with Anne to me is something that just makes no sense. And it's stupid. And Tom is at his absolute worst during this because he's like a sniveling, whiny baby, because half the time, like they're breaking up because Anne just can't fucking stand him. So he's very, like I said, needy and annoying. Um, he whines and cries his way back to Anne after she breaks up with him, like in the midst of this. And then he, you know, the part where he's just like, vote for me to be your boyfriend. It's like, ugh. like I hate that part when he says that. And this is when Leslie is running for city council and they have the, like the dream team or whatever. I forgot what they're called, but it's, uh, Ann, Chris and Tom, and they're doing interviews on live TV, trying to answer these questions. And like, they're like, every question they ask Tom is like, who cares? doesn't matter. Leslie's going to win. And then she's going to, go for someone who's more attractive to where Anne is just like, excuse me. Like she tells a reporter to hold on and has to pull Tom in the back and be like, dude, like what the hell is wrong with you? You know? And he's like, well, you're going to be riding the Traeger train later. And it's like, that's what you're upset about right now. Like this. And she says to him, we're fighting for our lives right now because they all said like, if, you know, they, they put stake into Leslie that if she didn't win, they were going to pretty much, they were going to get rid of, was that what it was? No, that was for the harvest. <laughs> but either way, like Leslie, Ann does say that she's like, we're fighting for our lives here. And it's like, you know, our obviously our jobs. But um, yeah, and the, like he's in, in the earlier seasons, he's just constantly hitting on Anne. She never has any interest, like to the point where there's also times where he's like creepily trying to touch her, and she's just like recoiling away from him. I'm probably I'm like talking this up more, but it's like I don't know. I'm working it up because I just hated this couple so much. I love both of these characters, you know, on their own Tom. I have a lot of problems with, but I still love that character. I mean, he's hysterical. It's just my least favorite, but um, yeah, Tom hits on her when she's in a relationship with Andy. Also when she's in a relationship with Mark and then Chris, like a little bit, you know, like, so it's just, I like the episode. Yeah. That I was just talking about season four, the debate, he's just, they want you. I don't know if the writers wanted you to feel sympathy for Tom because it's like, oh, she's she wants to go out with Chris now. He's way better looking than I am. So I'm just going to be like a, a shithead. And yeah, it's just it, I, yeah, like I said, that one specific part where he's just like, vote for me to be your boyfriend. And she's just kind of like, oh, Tom. It's one of those. It's like, I just wanted her to slap him and be like, just leave. You know, it's like, if you're going to fuck this up for us, just get the hell out of here. So. Um, yeah. And it just, it doesn't make any sense to me that April would set them up. Like if it was a thing where she did it to like set Ann up with Tom, because like she knows Tom sucks and it's like, oh, Ann's going to hate this. But it's like, she actually does it because like, and she, she tells Ann, it's like, why don't you give Tom a chance? You know, it's like, he's actually a pretty cool guy and he does the same for Tom. So it's like he genuine or April genuinely wanted this to work out. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like why she, you know, cause she, She hates Anne, but also doesn't hate Anne, you know, like they're basically like sisters at this point in the show. But it's just it's so weird to me. So they uh, when they when they break up, it's kind of funny, though, like because of how stupid it is. And it's just that they go to Donna's uh, family's lake house and you find out that's when you find out that genuine is her cousin. So Tom just. He, he he, like can't fathom the fact that Anne doesn't know who Genuine is. And it like to the point where that's why they break up. And uh, so they, uh, but they finally, they end their relationship. And in uh, season five, episode one, you find out that they broke up like over the, you know, the break there. And they are pretending to be a couple because they have a bet going with Donna, I believe. It might be the whole parks department, but definitely Donna and she finds out that they're like completely full of it because, like, she catches them fighting and then they, they like, they fake, you know, they get together, like, oh, hey, eh, you know, and she's like, you know what, I bets off, it's fine. Like, you guys, like, just because they committed that hard to it. So, um, yeah, um, she was cool with it, but, um, yeah, Ann and Tom, what a terrible, uh, ter- terrible couple. My runner up for that is, uh, April, Ben, and Derek. Oh, God, I just didn't like those two. Uh, the storyline is funny, like I said, but Ben and Derek are just so unlikable. They, um, I love how that they bring those two back to be the maids of honor for uh, April and Andy's wedding. Maybe not maids of honor, but they stand up on April's side. So uh, I just thought that was cool. And they literally do, they don't even speak in that episode. Like you, you see them at the very end just standing there. So it's kind of like, oh, that's cool because it was. She's almost a full season after they just, you know, when April was like, screw you guys, screw you guys, I'm going home. But yeah, she's just like, you know, I, we're breaking up, you know, because she was starting to fall in love with Andy. And um, so she was much better off. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's kind of, I, I, again, it was hard for me to do that. Like, that's why I didn't have like more categories, just trying to think of like things I don't, but you know, Again, I haven't, I've kind of had writer's block for the last couple months. It's like, ah, and it's like, it was, this is my 50th episode. I was like, I'm going to do something big. And it's like, I don't need to do anything big. I, I I just, yeah, I'm just going to do another episode. It is what it is. And, um, yeah. So that is going to wrap up this episode. Thank you all so much for hanging out and listening. Uh, again, if you are returning because it's been two months and this is after I ended the show and then came back. So, for those who are still sticking in there, uh, hanging in there with me, I appreciate it so much. And I I am doing more episodes. I have another one in mind that I'm working on. Probably not going to be next week. Um, I'll try to maybe try to uh, do these every other week or again. I don't want to make any promises. And I know everyone's just like, dude, no one fucking cares. We listen to other podcasts. We'll just listen to yours when you do it. But um, I do like doing it and I just need to find the time for it. So um, if you would like to contact me or the show, citizens of pawnee at gmail.com is how you can do that. You can also like and follow on Instagram at of pawnee podcast and at parksrecmemes. If you like horror movies and media, please check out my other podcast that I host with my sister called Horocopia Podcast. You can give us a follow on Instagram at hcopia underscore podcast. Sorry for the shameless plugging. Again, thank you for listening to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast. My name is Brian and I'll see you soon. Ben's parents are named Julia and Steve.